build the best product. I've been involved in the Patagonia field testing program for a little over 20 years right now. For silent sports done in nature. That's the feeling. That's the feeling that I fell in love with with climbing. Cause no unnecessary harm. Of organic cotton and recycled polyester to recycling the clothing to measuring our carbon footprint. Inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. To give some love back to this river that doesn't have any. It's not getting any love. See what drives us at Patagonia.com. With additional support from Kuat Racks and New Belgium Brewing. The new year. It's the moment in time where we take stock of the recent past and think about what the hell we're going to do with ourselves in the coming months. We start thinking and scheming, and pretty soon we've come up with a plan. Once a goal or a dream is in motion, it can be nearly impossible to take a step back. You end up consumed by your idea. This is a good thing, just not always for your sleep deprivation and bank account. Meet James Q. Martin. In 2000, I drove from Santiago to the length of the Fitzroy Range with a buddy of mine, and I went through what's what's referred to as the ASIN region. It's like central north Patagonia. And I was just awestruck. I mean, it was one of those places where that landscape that just grabs a hold of you and you're like, man, this is one of the rawest, wildest places left. It's been a while, but you might remember James from one of our first episodes, The Brotherhood. Right about the time he took that first Patagonia trip, he started taking pictures. Since then, he's become a pro, who consistently seems to land these awesome gigs where he goes climbing around the world with beautiful women. Seriously. Nobody's totally sure how he pulls it off, but James does. He always seems to bounce from one story to the next, to travel constantly, and occasionally he shows back up at home in Flagstaff, Arizona. But a little while ago, things seemed to change for James. And about two years ago, I read a thing on Patagonia's blog or maybe on one of their essays by Chris Tompkins and it was about the proposal to build you know build the mega hydroelectric dams on the Baker and the Pasqua River I mean it just like stuck a knife right in my heart I was like you got to be kidding me I mean that basically would open up industrialization to that whole region Then he came up with an idea. And I was like, man, you know, what What would it have been like to have gone down the Colorado River, you know, before the 100 impediments that are there now with, like, a scientist, a writer, a spokesperson, a photographer, a videographer. And so I, I just had this pipe dream, you know, about two years ago, like, how radical would it be to bring this power pack team down there and give you know, do something substantial and really try to raise awareness. So he started making phone calls. He teamed up with his partner, Chris Kassar, and started talking. Over the course of the year, he got writer Craig Childs on board, recruited Timmy O'Neill as a kayaker and on-screen talent, got a couple of filmmakers on board. The project developed into Rios Libre. He spent a full year shaping this idea and then got outdoor companies like Patagonia, Osprey, and Chaco to support the project. Things were going well. In early 2010, James was headed for Patagonia's Asan region. He'd gotten all these talented people together to help protect one of the world's last great wilderness. He was doing his part, or at least he thought so. I think it really hit me when I went to, when I got to go out on the Neff Glacier, which is the 
one of the true sources. There's five glaciers that come off the northern Patagonian ice cap that feed the Baker River. And the Baker River is the most voluminous river in Chile. And when I went out and saw the enormity of the glaciers and just peak after peak after peak, I think that's when it really hit me the magnitude of the project. This was more important than any three-week photography assignment he'd ever had. At first, James thought it seemed simple. He'd organized this trip. It was his idea, but the entire team would go get a bunch of media, and then they'd each come home and produce their own element, whether it was photos, words, or videos. James had connected with the National Resource Defense Council, who was hungry for media that highlighted the impending damming of the Rio Baker. I kind of thought I would just be the trip leader and be, you know, just kind of help get everything together. And I thought somebody else would do the movie and do these different things that needed to happen. I didn't really realize the scope of the investment that we made and what it would take. I mean, I, I don't even know. It's thousands of hours now. When they got home, it became really clear to James that organizing and taking the trip, those were the easy parts. I kind of assumed that uh, others would take that role, and, and it didn't happen. And I started looking at what we, you know, our contracts with our various sponsors, and just also what was going on with the EIA, the Environmental Impact Ass- uh, Assessment, down in Chile, that this message had to get out quickly and it had to be done soon. And I just kind of realized like when we came home, that was when Chris and I were like, man, we've got to buckle down. James wasn't a writer. He wasn't a director. He wasn't a producer or a video editor or a conservationist. He took photos of people doing incredible things in the natural world. That's what he knew how to do. But if he didn't assume these new roles, nothing was going to happen. There would be no movie, no media campaign to highlight the issue. So he and Chris reinvented themselves in order to see this project through. He pulled in dozens of talented people to help with the creation and distribution of the project. We just kept piecing it together, and it's it's been an, an insane experience. I mean, 2010 was pretty much the Rios Libres project. One of the questions that, that Bex and I were like wondering is, like, I don't know, when we got out of the Sierra and we found out, like, I read my emails, and, like, in the emails it was like, here's this paid gig for you to come and hang out with your good friends Fitz and Becca in the Sierra, and you bailed on it. And I was like, what the... Like, I was like, <laughs> man, James must be, like, seriously bitten by this project. I realized at that point, I was like, man, this this is must be pretty pretty important to James, seeing this through. Yeah, I had to turn that job down. I, I turned down three jobs that month. I, I definitely was a little upset that I couldn't do it, but we had obligated ourselves to finish the movie. And, and the reality was that the only way we would finish the movie as we said we would on the timeline, we said we would, um, the fall and was to turn down work. I'm paying the price right now, uh, in the regard to monetary, uh, I've kind of hurting this, this winter is a really lean winter for me, but, um, all in all, you know, it, it's been it's been a really amazing learning experience. Uh, 
Um, eventually, you know, the outcome was Power and the Pristine, which is a 24-minute movie. And so far, it's being, you know, it's been an official selection of several film festivals. Coming up will be in Wild and Scenic, and and it's being really well received. Every film festival we've entered it in, it's been accepted, and and that brings a lot of joy. Power to the Pristine may be wrapped up, but the issue of dam construction hasn't gone away. Like everything that I've done up to this point um, will be for naught if we don't continue these goals into 2011. That It's a hard reality to, to swallow because I, I just kind of want to go back to my really carefree kind of self, selfish lifestyle of Floating around the world, hanging out with beautiful women lifestyle. Yeah, I, I, I miss it a little bit. Um, but I feel that <laughs> that this is something that has to be done. And, and you know, I, I'm going to have to give up more. I'm going to have to keep giving up some of these things to, to make this these dreams a reality. And, and it's, a, it's a challenge. And it's, and it's more than I ever wanted to take on, I guess, but, um, I really enjoy it. And, and I think the thing that makes it, you know, tangible and makes it happen, the reality of it is the help of so many others. And I think that team effort is, is what makes, makes dreams a reality. You know, I think that have a goal, set your mind to it and really trust others to help you keep it on track. And with that, we bring you the Year of Big Ideas 2011. Dreams and goals from friends, pros, and listeners. This is the year to make it happen. I'm Fitz Cahal, and you're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. For 2011, I'd really like to do some trail building. I used to be heavily involved in uh, building multi-use trails in Toronto, uh, in the Don Valley area. It's sort of this natural area, Carolinian forest, right near downtown. It gets a lot of use, so the trails can get pretty battered in there. Um, a lot of the stuff that was in there was old and left over from you know dirt bikes ripping around 30, 40, 50 years ago. So a group of us got involved and started working with the city and designing and building more sustainable trails. To think that uh, some of what I do helps shape people's experience in the outdoors is is a pretty special thing, and especially in an urban environment like Toronto, where people don't typically expect they can get outside and in a forest and not feel like they're in a city. I think it's a pretty valuable thing. Myself and Pete Davis, he is a climber friend of mine from way back, and he's missing his right arm below the elbow. So we kind of were chatting a little while, and we just said, you know, it'd be kind of cool. No one's done um, El Cap as a fully disabled team. There's obviously been um, disabled climbers on it, like I've climbed it twice, and, and Pete's climbed it once. And so we've done, um, I did a speed record there, but then that was with an able-bodied climber, and we thought... It might be cool to go back and just do a fully disabled, no support climb. I've got some good ones this year. 
The big ones are sort of food related. I think I want to grow a really great garden and uh, do some canning and preserving with my own fruits and vegetables. And I want to um, sort of grow, slaughter, uh, cook and eat an animal. And I'm, I'm thinking probably a chicken. I haven't actually eaten meat in, in almost like 18 years. So it's, it's a new step for me. I think I'm moving past tofu and looking at some serious local protein sources. Our goal is to reach a, a passage that sits on the side of a void of a large dome area inside of a cave called Thornhill. This cave trip takes us from entry to, uh, to where the domes are at is a 16 hour one way trip. And we're working our way through this for two and a half miles to a ledge that takes us into these domes. It has taken us six months already to ferry enough gear into the cave. And we've deemed these domes Helm's Deep. What pushes us to get there is that, you know, no man has ever been there before that we know of. Well, I'm turning 40. I was thinking about what I wanted to do to make it do something around my birthday that was like 40 related. Then I decided that I like to do too many different things. I got a whole year's worth of goals that I'm going to do, I hope. So the first one is climb and ski 40,000 vertical feet. Climb on a climb 40 route. Um, I haven't decided yet if they, that's going to be pitches or routes. I think it's going to be routes because that gets me more climbing. Um, I want to run a 40K trail run in the mountains. And then the last one is I want to hike 40 miles with at least one of my kids. So, And actually, the kids are going to be along on, on a lot of these, too. They're going to be probably going to be on some of the skiing and definitely a lot of the climbing routes and backpacking. So they're going to be a big part of it. I have been thinking about this Pink Point project for about two or three years now, and it is um, something that I want to get off the ground. It is to uh, create awareness about cancer survivorship and raise money for cancer survivorship research for this year, at least get it off the ground, you know, bring together my love for uh, climbing and cancer research together. My goal for 2011 is to launch Adventure Natural. It's a 100% organic, all-natural um, snack food company. The idea came to me about um, a year ago. Um, I've been kind of into like a raw food diet for about a year or so, and I was just um, kind of got tired of just carrying, you know, junk food with me on the climbing trip. So I decided I was going to kind of um, make my own bar. So, you know, just went to the grocery store, picked up things like dates and nuts and seasonings, threw it all in a food processor, put it in my food dehydrator, and... And, you know, boom, had some tasty energy bars, and I'd even shared it on my blog with several people, and everybody commented how much they liked it. Um, even a couple of people, people said, hey, you should sell these things. I was like, hmm. You know, so, you know, that's when the seed was planted, you know. And so right now we're, we've got our project up on Kickstarter.com, so we're trying to raise our startup through that. And once we raise our funds, we're probably going to get, get going in March.
about a month and a half ago, I had this thing called TIA. It's a mini stroke. It was just a giant red flag and it really brought me back to what's important. Where that put me is really to love my wife and kids more, eat less but more good foods, play outside a lot, and just paint and write more. In 2011, my goal is to not let my recent diagnosis of epilepsy get in the way of my returning to the woods and the water. I'm going to hike, bike, and paddle like I used to. Sitting around being afraid of what was wrong with me is over. Now that I have a diagnosis, I'm going to get back in shape and do what I love to do, spend time outdoors. Uh, my goals for the next year are to get on the trail as much as I can. I love trail running for a lot of reasons. I ran my first ultra 50 mile, 50 mile marathon last September and uh, I want to do four more this year. Starting in May, I'll do the Wyoming Trail Marathon. Then I'll go to, uh, in June, the Bighorn 50K. And uh, in July, I'm going to do the hardest race of my life. It's the Leadville 50 mile marathon, trail marathon. And then in uh, September, I'll do uh, the Steamboat 50 mile, uh, 50 mile marathon. I'm excited about what 2011 will be for racing. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, I'd like to overcome my addiction to sleeping in on the weekends so I can tag along with the tracking experts who hang out on the banks of the Sandy River on Sunday mornings and then carve out a week in July to follow gray wolves through Idaho with a wilderness awareness school. Why do you have to hug some huge cliff or do some crazy tricks to actually have some sort of meaning and to inspire people. Why can't you just be average or recreational to, why can't you do that and inspire people at the same time? And so we came up with this idea of five nines. Do some amazingly classic five nines on how to be inspiring. Because there should be something worthwhile in that. goals for 2011 well I guess you know most of the last six months have been spent training for this uh, coast to coast race in New Zealand which is actually on in six weeks time so the rest of 2011 is pretty clear but I guess I'm going to look for some balance go surfing and climbing and doing the things I want to do rather than spending all my time training and you know reintroducing myself to my fiance those sorts of things so yeah balance I'm trying to sandbag people make them make them think that I'm um... I'm being really lazy. I plan on uh, anchoring the couch to the to the ground, and then all of a sudden, come summertime, after everybody's hit their uh, their all time like get up and go high, I'll be like fresh off the couch. <laughs> so I guess that's my my general game plan. I've been thinking about the idea of uh, turning the website semirad.com um, into a blog slash book idea where I try to do 10, I guess, rad or hardcore things. Maybe not super hardcore, but, you know, iconic American outdoor achievements um, by the time I turn 35, which is a little under three years here. So I have eight right now. Uh, Leadville 100 mountain bike race. 
uh, climb Mount Rainier, lead super crack of the desert, uh, bicycle across America. Got that one done already. Hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim in one day. Uh, run the New York City Marathon. Paddle Cataract Canyon. And then uh, the American Berkabiner cross country ski race in Wisconsin, which I think you have to qualify for by doing another cross country ski race, which I think would require me to buy and learn how to use cross country skis. So I'm kind of piecing that together. There's no way I could do it all in one year unless somebody actually paid me to do it all. And even then it would probably kill me. But uh, I think it's a, I don't know, it's a good thing to align some goals uh, and find out some stuff about myself, I guess. My goal is to keep reviving the quietness that I found while I was out in the trail in the Sierras. The quietness that came from having this routine that was fairly simple of hike, make camp, eat, look at the stars, and go to sleep. And really try to have that feeling in my everyday life. What's your goal for 2011? Well, last year was really good for me. I did a lot of things. So I was like sort of struggling with the goal, but... My goal this year, I think, is to try to help other people make their dreams a reality. Um, when I was 23, I got given this incredible chance to to travel across Australia and climb, and, and I won this incredible grant. Last year, we took this trip to Sierra, and for me, it was kind of, again, a life-changing trip. And I just thought, you know, both these trips were really creative, and I want to do that. I want to create a grant that allows people to go out there and be creative. So you don't have to be a professional. You can be a weekend warrior. You can do whatever. You could be both. It doesn't matter. But I just want people to have the chance that I've had and to go out there and, and make a creative trip, to go do something cool. I don't know how this is going to happen or who's going to help me do it, but I'm, that's my goal is I'm going to find somebody this year, and hopefully next year we'll send one of you out there on an incredible trip that changes your life. Music today by Weekend, Danny Saw, Planes, and Do Make Say Think. You can download the cuts and get more information about the band on our site, DirtbagDiaries.com. James's project, Power to the Pristine, is coming to an outdoor film festival near you. James has always worked his butt off, and he's working twice as hard on this issue of dams in the Asan region. You can learn more about the project and get involved at RiosLibre.com. I'm proud of you, buddy. Patagonia makes the Dirtbag Diaries possible. Stay tuned. They've got a very, very big idea for 2011. Seriously, it's going to turn some heads. And at the moment, it's top secret, but it won't be in just a little bit. So keep your ears tuned at patagonia.com. Support for the show comes from Kuat Racks, makers of a better bike rack. If you aren't friends with them on Facebook, you need to be. They always seem to be giving away free swag over there. Check them out online at kuatracks.com. Additional support comes from New Belgium Brewing. Find your flavor online at newbelgium.com. Thanks for everyone who contributed today. We are so stoked for another year of shows. You've been listening to the Dirt Bike Diaries. <laughs>